0: Leadership is influence. The influence of yourself, I believe, and others towards a goal that's mutually beneficial. So when you look at living it every day, what has to be clear for the individual is what guides you in the influence that you're, that you are doing. What are you doing and how are you influencing others? And I feel a really strong leader not only looks at how they influence others because a lot of people think it is getting other people to do stuff i feel that leadership is about also how you influence yourself
1: Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. My name is Casey O'Holick. This week, over a socially distanced, appropriate phone call, Ashley Benson and I got to speak with Dr. Jeanette Mitchell and learn more about her legacy on this Milwaukee Talkie. I should note Dr. Mitchell was also awarded the Ultimate Jackin at the 2018 Jackin Awards. We've talked about this event before. It's a somewhat secret award ceremony for our area businesswomen who are making a difference in the greater Milwaukee community and who support one another. Dr. Mitchell is widely known for her leadership in Milwaukee and also her influence on leadership programming in the city. Dr. Mitchell spoke with us about her legacy, the Jackin Awards, and her role in ALUM, the African American Leadership Alliance of Milwaukee. Before we get started, a quick resume. Dr. Mitchell spent many years in management at a local telephone company. While there, she had the opportunity to serve on the Milwaukee School Board. After she left the board and retired from the telephone company, she went to work for Bader Philanthropies as their first program officer for education. After that, she went to Cardinal Stritch University and established their leadership center. She also received her doctorate in leadership for the advancement of learning and service. When she retired from there, she started her own consulting firm, Leadership by Dr. Jeanette. Wow, let's dig in.
2: Dr. Mitchell, you obviously have such a robust, dynamic career here in Milwaukee, but you're not originally from Milwaukee. You're originally from my home area of St. Louis, and we want to know what made you move to Milwaukee and really what made you stay.
0: Okay. um, That's interesting. You're from St. Louis?
2: I am. I'm from the Illinois side, but yeah, I'm from the area.
0: Yep. Yep. I, I know East St. Louis as well. So, all right. Um, well, actually it was my parents who moved here because this was when I actually graduated from high school. Uh, my parents moved here and actually it's because my dad was looking for a job. If you know, uh, during that time, that was the late 60s, uh, early late 60s, there were a lot of things happening in factories and so on. So my aunt lived in Milwaukee and told my dad, if he wanted to find a good job, why did he come here? And so that's how we uh, that's how we got here. I moved here with my parents uh, quite a few years ago, and and I have stayed in Milwaukee primarily because I really find that it's really what I call a small, large city. There's a lot of things that you can do in Milwaukee. There's a lot of culture. But what I really like is that you get to know people. I've done quite a few things in the community, so I know a lot of people, and I find that things that I want to accomplish, there's only about two or three degrees of separation between who I know and who I might want to get to. And that's a kind of a great thing. But if you went to Chicago or Atlanta, you know, you, you just wouldn't have that. That would be a harder thing. But Milwaukee enables you to do that. You can really get to know people you know, if you're willing to get
2: out there. Yeah, definitely. I think we've both experienced that.
1: Yeah, I love being able to go into a bar and see all my friends who I wasn't expecting to or a work meeting and see people who I've interacted with before. I think I stay in Milwaukee for that that very same reason. But when you first were introducing yourself, you said that you retired not once, but twice. And now you own your own leadership consulting firm. So one question that I have, and I guess let me preface this by saying that I met you first at the Jackin Awards in 2018, where you won Ultimate Jackin. And during your speech, you said that one of your first jobs was as an operator at a telephone company, which I think is just, then you retired from that, and then you started all these other things, which I think is incredible. But one question that I have is, what has been your favorite job?
0: Actually, uh, I mean, I have to think about that a little bit, but my most favorite job was when I was a program officer at the Helen Bader Foundation, which is now Bader Philanthropies. It was really a great job. I had dollars, you know, my portfolio that I could give to things that I cared about things that uh, really would help improve the community. So, for example, I, I would give, you know, there were opportunities because it was education primarily. I could give funds to teachers in schools to help them create a program that would help the kids and have the opportunity to, to really fund uh, education across the sectors. I mean, I, you know, there's always been in Milwaukee, a lot of, well oh, choice, charter, you know, uh, public schools, traditional public schools, all of that. Well, what was the fortunate thing for me was that Uh, At the Bader Philanthropies at that time, we funded across all. It was about the kids and what needed to be done and who was serving the kids. So I was able to do that, as well as, you know, doing some community-based things, like with the African World Festival, we, you know, funded someone who was the executive director there or America's Black Holocaust Museum. There was a lot of, you know, support for that. So it was just really an opportunity to look at things that need to be done and that, there was a particular care about in the community and be able to make that happen. One thing that even started me getting interested in things is that we had a leadership speaker series where we brought people in from uh, other cities to talk about things that were happening in other cities around leadership development or leadership in the community. And we were able to share that with a broad base of people. So that was an opportunity for me to start getting interested in that.
1: Is there any particular story, or person, or program um, that you kind of helped get started that you still see working in the city of Milwaukee right now?
0: Well, actually, my uh, <clears throat> the African American Leadership Program. Actually, when I went to Cardinal Stritch University, you know, after I got my doctorate and retired, or, or actually moved from the Helen Bader Foundation to uh, Cardinal Stritch, it was an opportunity there to do a leadership development. Uh, for the community, what normally would have been offered as a degree program. So what we were able to do with that. But, you know, and it took a little bit and I did several different programs. I did a, a, a Latino nonprofit leadership program. I We did, you know, speaker series. But I got to the point where I really started to look at the African-American leadership program and that I developed there. Uh, and it actually uh, now is 12 years old. It's been being done for 12 years. Now the coronavirus has caused us to do some shifting and when we wanted to start, and we were also doing a kind of redesign of the program. We found like at five years we, we did like a redesign and now we were into our 11th year actually, this is we the 12th cohort, doing some redesign there as well. and then with everything that started to happen with the pandemic, we actually moved our program, which normally was supposed to start in March. We actually moved it to October uh, to give us time. But it's still going strong, and we're still able to get leaders from the various companies, corporations, as well as large nonprofits, small nonprofits.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Everyone's been doing some. Go ahead, Ashley. (laughs)
2: <laughs> this is really funny. This is my first time, Dr. Mitchell, not being in like the same room as someone whenever we're recording, so I'm not understand. used to it. <laughs> I understand. There's no cues. <laughs> yeah, there's no cues. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Casey, go ahead and then I'll take it over.
1: <laughs> I was going to say it's been really um, interesting watching all the programs that I'm involved in that Bridges City, you know, works with shift to accommodate the pandemic. And I've been really impressed with the leaders in the city of Milwaukee for the work that they're doing and how quickly people are able to move into like this weird but exciting digital space. So I'm, I'm glad to know that your you're program is going to continue. Uh, maybe it'll look a little bit different, but that the work is still getting done. Ashley, go ahead with your question.
0: Uh, yeah, can I just b- bounce off of that a little bit, Casey? Yes, please. Um, of course. The, um, one of the things that I think is really kind of uh, important is that we are adapting, I think. And mo- a lot of things we're doing, wouldn't have thought of doing at all had uh, this not happened. Uh, that can be a good thing and also can be some, you know, disconcerting things about trying to do things a bit differently. But I,
2: I you know, I think that uh, it's going to change how we do things
0: permanently in some places.
2: I definitely agree with that. And though this is definitely going to shape, shape a lot long term for, for us all.
0: I, I had a friend who yesterday said they played gravel with their family around the country. Now, they would never would have even thought of doing that, you know, had that not happened. So they, you know, they did it through, you know, uh, Zoom. or And uh, she was saying it actually really worked. You know, some people got a little bored, but, but she said it really did work. We wouldn't have even thought of doing that. So yeah, yeah, I, I just think it's kind of a different way of thinking.
2: That's a great example. Well, you've talked a lot about, I mean, already just in the short first part of our conversation. So I would love to hear like what kind of led you to feeling like your work was impactful and really building community together and that you were in the right career, that you were going in the right way.
0: It started a few years ago when I was in a group called Future Milwaukee. And I really wanted to know how do you influence things in Milwaukee? How do you, you know, where's the power? How do the people get things done? And That particular program gave me the opportunity to explore that. And one of the things I learned about was the strength, uh, in politics, how much people who run for office impact what happens to us. And then looking how leadership in the various corporations, how, you know, leadership seems to make a difference no matter where you are, whether you're on the ground, whether you're, uh, heading something or whether you're important, you know, even in the key places that you're in. So it just got me interested. So, uh, when I got on the school board as an elected official, that was a significant change in my life. I, you know, had been in corporate America, and everything's pretty logical, and everything's bottom line, customer, how do you make money, all of that, and got on the school board, and, and it's kind of funny, but there is no set bottom line. Um, I kind of thought it would be, is it good for the children? Does it work for parents and children? No. <laughs> it's a political office. And so once I learned that, and then you have to look at where people are in their politics and so on. So that's when I started to recognize that uh, who you are and, and how you hold yourself as a leader, and what your values are, you know, and mm-hmm. how you exercise those values and the work that you do really makes it makes a difference. The Helen Bader Foundation or Bader Philanthropies, I'll just use that also helped me to shake that because, as I said earlier, I was able to do funding uh, around some of the executive directors or looking at teachers in classrooms. Again, giving people the opportunity to exercise what they feel was of of value to them and watching how that really works. And one of the things I learned uh, in funding uh, at that time was that you find a really good leader who has a passion about doing their work and if you can fund them, great things happen. And so I just found that to be really, you know, very, one of the things that really shaped my thinking around that. Creating the, uh, the Leadership Center at Cardinal Stritch University uh, actually got me into building, creating, and facilitating in a program of leadership. And I had several different ways of doing that. I mentioned the Latino Nonprofit Leadership Program. Uh, we did the Speaker Series and and just worked myself into saying, you know, talking with some of the African American leaders about could we do something for nonprofit leaders, and having someone say, "Well, really, it's building across our own sectors, building the leadership there." So, uh, and I had had certain experience in growing up in the telephone company as a leader there, being a leader of color in in a large corporation, and so there were some things that I brought to the. Uh, to the table, as well as learning, you know, my doctorate and study in leadership, and then watching what happens when people are able to really live their passions and, and really work in their values. So that's really how uh, I got to knowing that right now, I am doing my my soul's work, I feel like, you know, this is what I supposed to be doing. This is why I'm here.
2: I have one follow up question on that. So, you've talked a lot about leadership, and I know that's such a big part of who you are and what you're continuing to do. And there's a lot of talk around like different leadership styles and different leadership types, and it's great to build and facilitate leaders. How do you go from training to actually implementing such leadership skills into the everyday life of an organization?
0: Leadership is influence the influence of yourself i believe in others towards a goal that's mutually beneficial and that can be something as minor as you know a mother in a home trying to get all the kids to do one thing together <laughs> you know uh, so it can be something you know how do you get how do you pull people together how do you make things happen how do you influence the people that you're you're with so when you look at living it every day what has to be clear for the individual is what guides you in the influence that you're that you are doing. What are you doing and how are you influencing others? And I feel a really strong leader not only looks at how they influence others, because a lot of people think it influences getting other people to do stuff. I feel that leadership is about also how you influence yourself. My belief is that if you look at how you guide your life and what guides you and how the fairness and so on and what guides what really are your values, and then you help to people, other people to live their values and to, to you know, and you create an environment where people uh, are open to learning and uh, where they feel supported enough to do that. And that's a day-to-day thing. And it's not always the person who is leading or the person who is the one that stands out more, who is the one that uh, is the most vocal. It sometimes can be someone who simply is a quiet person. It can be a, an introvert, simply comes out with the right thing at the right time to get something influenced to change and move. So um, what we try to work with uh, in, in working our leadership development is having people examine, first of all, what are your values? You know, uh, what's important to you? Um, and, and how do you exercise that in, your, in the work that you do? And then how do you help others to support them in doing, you know, looking at their lives in that manner?
2: I really liked what you said there about creating an environment for others to stay curious and learning and also building their own skills. I really like that. I found that if you are like I was a manager in an office, well, I didn't really talk to
0: customers, but people that were working for me talked to customers. So my job really was to create an environment where they wanted to do the best for their customers. So I have to make sure that I treated them well enough the way I they would want to be treated so that they would then would treat the customer in the same way. Mm-hmm.
2: So, Dr. Mitchell, you founded the African American Leadership Alliance of Milwaukee, a new organization dedicated to developing African American leaders, attracting and retaining talented African Americans to Milwaukee and lowering racial disparities. Could you tell us the overarching goal of ALAM?
0: The overarching goal is for Milwaukee to rank the number one U.S. city for African-Americans by 2025. Now, we knew that was a really big, uh, you know, thing to put out there considering where we are. We also said our vision is to make Milwaukee a global destination where all African-Americans can thrive and prosper. The idea behind that is that we wanted to create an environment where African-American, all races can live, work, and play together. Uh, So, that's kind of what was driving that, and when we started this whole, uh, you know, alum is to try to look at that. It started off being uh, a way to kind of talk about it, and now we're just trying to find a way to to implement it. And 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 as I did say that the goal that we put was a very, what I thought when I when they said it, I thought you know that's really crazy. But they said if you don't make it aspirational, then you don't get there. So the whole idea to have Milwaukee. Uh, be recognized as a key city for African Americans to uh, thrive and prosper.
2: Thrive and prosper. Mm-hmm. And going off that, how can we feel good about trying to attract and retain talented African Americans to Milwaukee when the statistics and outcomes for people of color in this city are negative at times?
0: And you're right. I mean, that's. I mean, that's why the idea of an alliance or a group actually came out of the 80 people that we pulled together to address the issue. The question was, we did it with a strategic actioning session um, a few years ago, about three years ago, uh, where we were looking at how do you build and sustain African-American leadership in Milwaukee um, with all the stuff that's, you know, that we know about Milwaukee. And uh, we brought together 80 people and it was really um uh, uh, a very diverse group as far as the age sectors that they were from, economic groups, grassroots, grass tops. Uh, we all came together in a room for three days and um, it was primarily African-Americans. Like 85 percent of us were African-American and we had what we called our allies and supporters in the room as well. And uh, for some people, um, you know, some of our allies, they had never been in a room with that many African-Americans and also recognizing that there were a, a number of us at all different sectors and levels, you know, that were, came together to make a difference. Um, and the idea was that to look at how do we address this? And then in order to do that, then you have to start to look at the address the issues around race. And so that's why ALAM came together as an alliance uh, but also came together with how do we have someone wake up every morning thinking about how can we develop African-American leaders in this city? And it's, you know, and, and you know, there are a lot of people who are on the front line. We're not trying to be the next group that's going to fix education or the next group that's going to uh, do something around, you know, trying to, um, you know, some of the smaller nonprofits. What we're trying to do is how do you support the leaders who are doing the work, you know, and how do we bring people together who normally would not come together. Part of what we do is we want to be the group that is helping to bring people together to be, to communicate, to um, kind of use that because people say, well, yeah, are you going to be addressing this? Are you addressing that? We're really, that was not, not our goal whatsoever. It was try to support people who are doing the work and to make sure that we bring people together who don't have time to bring themselves together. So we look at ourselves as conveners. Um, you know, bringing a bridge together to bring people together, uh, broker if somebody needs, you know, maybe we can broker things for different groups and organizations, influencer by, you know, maybe influencing what's being said or done in various parts of the community and be a connector. And I think that's the biggest thing that we want to be is like a connector to connect people, you know, either majority people and African-Americans are African-American within our African-American community, that kind of thing. That's a long answer. It's a lot of stuff in what I said, but <laughs> <laughs> I
1: care, well, I, I pulled that of- it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's great, as you should. And this is really important. I can hear your passion. And I also love that you were talking about bridging to pay other people and ideas and really being a connector um, because that's what we're all about. And it's also what the city, as you said, is close knit and all of that stuff. Like, let's bring together people and make sure that we're moving forward together. I really mm-hmm. like that
1: so one thing you mentioned is that you're not trying to be another group trying to fix education or et cetera. Milwaukee for the longest time has been a place of incredible racial disparity. Um, we are bogged down by negative headlines and for good reason. Um, and then in, with this, the COVID-19 pandemic, now we're seeing that the majority of people affected by the coronavirus are middle-aged African-American men who live where is majority African-American. It's hard for me to even like, maybe it's not appropriate to put a date on when we can finally see positive change. But what do you think has to happen so that we can see real systemic change and we were coming up on a summer where the DNC was going to be here. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's all these great things happening. The Pfizer forum is here right. and that just doesn't seem enough to um, be able to make that changes. What do you think needs to, needs to happen?
0: Well, you know, I mean, all those things that were set to happen would influence what, you know, what we talk about is our race issue. We still, uh, in some respects don't admit that there is a racial issue in Milwaukee. Mm. Um, and what what I mean by that is, you know, even to the point of recognizing that, um, you know, if you're going to bring a DNC here, that you have to do something around making sure that they don't, don't see just downtown, you know, that there is right. more to the city than that. You know, the whole idea of of, you know, what people get exposed to and how people live close together and some of the stress levels that are caused by some of the issues that impact that's one of the things that came out in our in our SAS was the stress level that is created by having to worry every day about whether you can you know feed your kids or whether you can hold your job or you know things like that and that happens more in you know an African-American poor community than it does in the in the in the in the uh, uh, larger community in the majority community um, so I think what has to happen is we first have to admit that it's an issue and very honestly it's a United States <laughs> issue as a country issue. Right. Um, uh, I mean, it, I mean, it, it affects us much more here, but even for the country, you know, in this pandemic is bringing a lot of those kind of things out from our leaders, you know, and, and so on. So I, I just think that um, the only way that you actually start to change issues, you have to change minds and hearts. To me, it's not just the law because we, I mean, how many laws do we plan to get, to get equal opportunity? I mean, you know, it's not just that. It's actually having people start to feel that they are connected. And that, to me, right now, we're kind of, you know, suffering in the fact that we're kind of even disconnecting more. But hopefully, um, we're starting to pull together uh, as we, you know, move forward through this. I'm really disappointed that, you know, something may happen with the DNC, because I thought I saw more opportunities there for people starting to you know, use the, you know, some of the smaller in you know, the nonprofits, uh, some of the uh, restaurants and different things. I was hoping that that would, you know, broaden um, our thinking here. So um, the Pfizer forum, you start seeing more and more people that are going there. The, the crowd seems to be a little bit more integrated than it had been in the past. So, you know, I, I just, you know, those kinds of things start to happen. But it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of work. It's not something that's gonna happen overnight. But it is something that has to be talked about openly. And and I think that's what we wanted to do as part of Alum is to have the conversation be one that is really talked about and giving people the courage to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that answer.
0: I've been saying all these words, a lot of different words. I thought, oh my God, I hope this sounds okay.
2: <laughs> no, it sounds great. And I I really appreciate whenever we have guests who are um open and honest about and just like people in our own community, about like needing to talk about it more and especially whenever it's it's something that not everyone wants to have real conversations about. Right. Um and it's important that the entire community is having conversations and not just um, sectored off. So I like that the Alliance is doing that and really part of that and something that this isn't necessarily going to be a question that we have, but maybe that stays. But something I was thinking about is especially like we have such a disparity in a, distance of like we have very talented people of color here in Milwaukee yes. and not all of them are in leadership roles at right. the nonprofit level or the for profit level wherever. And I would really love to hear what your what your alliance and what everyone's doing or having conversations about that because it's such an important part of equity and and to having this conversation is having true leadership and I know that's all of African American leadership if that's what it's about um, but really bringing more people up to that to that level yeah,
0: yeah. and it's you know and it's African Americans but it's also broadly people of color and uh, so part of what I I, and I think uh, you know needs to happen is for example our African American leadership program uh, actually proves exactly what you said I mean I can't tell you how many African-American engineers have gone through our program, you know, and yet you talk to some of the companies and they can't quite find, you know, Mm. them and that kind of thing or where they've grown in different companies or how companies, uh, how some of them working in the companies feel lost, you know, and that's part of what the, what the African-American leadership program does is that when we bring the people together, it's about 20 people When they come together, they're, you know, the understanding that, oh my God, there are people like me in places like I am. Mm -hmm. And they build a, a very strong community and a very strong network with each other. And they all feel like, you know, so they, it always grows from that. But I tell you, one of the things that really was very encouraging, and we did, you know, work with uh, the MMAC, uh, you know, this whole, we were on their, uh, task force, you know, that, uh, um, start to look at the region of choice now and working with corporations. Um, so, you know, that that was to me, that was a step in the right direction because it was not about just hiring you know African-Americans and, and Latinos or Hispanics, but it was really uh, about companies realizing that in order for us to really be successful in today's world, we need to have broader representation in our companies and that it has to be a business case. It can't be the socially good thing to do. It has to be a business case, and I think that the idea of the region of choice and some of the things that were happening uh, from that was starting to really build that business case, and that's what I think is important. Um, the and and as far as and even nonprofits, because you know people seem to think about well, all nonprofits, you know that they are more, you know, should be a number of African Americans nonprofits, but oftentimes they're not leading. Uh, and, and you're right, but, you know, we have to really look at uh, making sure that in leadership that we're opening it up. And that's really what ALEM wants to be about is, for example, I mean, could we do something that hosted a um, a uh, session or a gathering that would bring together, you know, leaders of various other companies or human resource people from companies with people who we know are leaders who perhaps have not had the opportunity to, to network, you know, together? Uh, can we be intentional about it? Because that, and that's the other thing I, I, I think is when people say to you say to me, well, "Why hasn't anything, you know, happened, you know, uh, around changing the race in Milwaukee or the race issues in Milwaukee?" And I would just simply say we've not been intentional about it. We talk about it, but in being intentional means that you focus on it and that you make it part of what you want to accomplish. Um, and so that's why I was really pleased with the MMAC's region of choice that that's another way to address it. Even the acceptance of ALAM as an organization, some of the foundations being willing to say, Hey, we want to help to do this, this work. Uh, and, you know, and, and having the people who are working with us, uh, that are part of the Alliance also being willing to say, Hey, yeah, let's all work together. So my hope is that just by having a, um, you know, a, a group that some point at some point we'll meet reach what we call a tipping point, <laughs> where where we'll start to really look at and be willing to talk about it. You know, the um, the Greater Milwaukee Foundation is doing that on the table. Um, you know, discussions. Yeah, and we we're a part of them. Was, yeah, yeah, I was really surprised at the number of them that were on race, and they were not on the typical north side of town. I actually was invited to one of the. Uh, you know, and he, we still talk about size of towns, which is really crazy because everybody lives everywhere in some cases. But um, but, you know, for me, um, I went to one and there were really people who are grappling with how do you deal with the whole idea about race and the differences and where people live and that kind of thing. So um, so that again, um, there are efforts that are happening. But I, I guess my point is that we have to be intentional pull it all together. And I'm hoping that alum can be a vehicle for that.
1: So one of the reasons that we wanted to invite you to be in the podcast is to talk a little bit about the Jackins. Um, And the Jackins is an annual cocktail party awards program, charity event, um, and it's to nominate incredible women who are doing fantastic things while demonstrating inclusion, authenticity, enthusiasm, and humbleness. Uh, Dr. Mitchell, you were awarded the ultimate Jackin. Okay. And so then Emily Phillips wrote this description of what this means. So it's, think of this as the Prim and Proper Lifetime Achievement Award but with style and grace let's hear it for those women who've been making Milwaukee great and have given helping hands to others along the way throughout her career. So you were awarded this that's in 2018 how did you find out about the Jackin Awards? Did you know about it beforehand? No,
0: no I had not heard about the Jackin Awards at all and um, I think Emily was the one that you know called me and, and, and told me about it and you know and I I, I was just excited and, you know, and humbled. It's true. And I was humbled by that because, you know, I, it's, it's, it's not the regular awards. Um, and I found that, you know, again, you know, the whole idea of the Jackins we, is because it's like, you know, it's not the regular, uh, you know, uh, awards that you get. And mind you, I, you know, I would love, you know, I, I love being recognized for the various things that have, you know, that I've done, but I found this to be really interesting that it takes on um, the people who, who don't, who, who have like broken some of the rules. And I, nobody's ever said that. <laughs> so, so I found the opportunity to receive that award and, and to really, recognized because i was nominated by you know about by i think angela uh who is a mentee of mine who you know through the years i mean through a lot of years and and to have it recognized by people who who perhaps i influenced or i have uh who i've grown from knowing because i find you know people always talk about the mentor versus mentee well it's always a two-way street so it's always it was just really to me um a very powerful way to be recognized. And I was really, really excited to be able to to, to, to get the award because I, I just thought to myself, I had not heard of it, uh, but it makes sense. And it was the ultimate uh, prement proper, not done that way. And that's that's so Emily as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And I really like, a lot of you we've talked to here have this thread of like, this is a, a space not a thread, a uh, trend of like, this is a space where, yeah, it's like, okay to be making our own paths and forging our own ways and being like uplifted in that and being told a rule breaker or a badass is like a good thing, which mm-hmm. is, which is a really great space to have um, in Milwaukee for, for our leaders. I really
0: think so, too, because uh, it's just oftentimes that, that uh, talked about. It's another thing that really talked about. So this was great. And I really yeah. thank, I, I thank uh, uh, Emily for, you know, even putting this together. And when I, when I got there, and I saw a number of people that I knew and saw, and oh, is this great? I thought, oh, yeah, of course she is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Another instance where small
1: walkie is, is bringing us all together. It's true. <laughs> and you mentioned this in your acceptance speech at the Jackins Award, but also Angela Adams, the VP of Community Relations at Goodwill, described you as an authentic visionary and a rule breaker. What would make her say that?
0: It, it was so funny I, because I really, you know, in my mind, I wasn't breaking the rules. I really thought I was a rule follower, That I simply... If something didn't work, you just do it another way. <laughs> That's actually how I saw it. And uh, however, I was told by someone uh, when I was at Colonel Switch University that you always break the rules. I thought, oh well, I didn't quite see it that way. But I guess maybe it is because what's what was important for me is how do you make it work better, and how do you make it work if it doesn't work? How do you make it? Uh, the outcome better. And so I would just do whatever it took to get that done. I mean, I, when I, I remember when I was on the school board, the very same thing occurred to me. If whatever we were doing wasn't really going to get to the bottom line, then you find another way to do it. And perhaps it does break a rule or doesn't go the way everybody seems, thinks it ought to go. But sometimes, um, to me, it's uh, you have to do that in order to accomplish what you want to accomplish.
1: I love that. I love that. It's, you know, everyone is like, you know, if it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And the status quo is fine. And really what moves an organization and even individuals forward is being able to look past that and do something different. Yeah.
2: Um, all right. So what i want to talk about as you've had all these life experiences you've had these awards and these recognitions and you continue to lead in our community what from your legacy and your life experience can we use to inform others of the importance of civic engagement and activism and leadership and community in our in our city
0: wow that's a big question <laughs> I really think that as I, as I look at my life and, you know, the kind of the journey, it's been a long one, um, that you have to be willing to look at yourself and, and what you're willing, um, to do to make a difference. Um, and, and with this coronavirus, I mean, I think it has called upon us to change, um, change our lives where, you know, some of us get into a routine and, and, and our lives tend to be easy. But now this is calling for us to do something different, which is a great, to me, that's a great space because um, what I've learned through the years is that when I get safe, um, sometimes that I don't do the things that, you know, maybe perhaps uh, I will challenge myself, but what I would say my advice and uh, my thoughts um, that people should take out away from this would be be willing to look at what you've done, what you have, and be willing to share that with others. It's a step beyond what you've normally done to do something different. Um, I think that that's that's really where I'm. Uh, this whole uh, time now for me has been, you know, where I have always wanted to see the world in a different way um with a you know I, I now realize that I want to do this um in my own sphere of influence, uh reach out to people to do things differently, uh to change. And I think that's important uh as a leader particularly and as a leader in, in, in today's world, you have to be willing willing to do that. So people to, should take away from this, let me just to summarize it, is being willing to look at who you are and what you have be willing to share that and to be given that whatever gifts that are. And even today, even some of the, if you have monetary ways to give and share, that that really is what this is about. And then even, I will say, run for public office. I really do think once we get through this, that we need to look at who who are our leaders. And maybe we should be looking at hey stepping in, particularly women, to step in to make a difference in some of the places that we haven't you know, maybe been as leading as much as we can, because I think women can make really make a difference in this world if we really step up.
1: I love that. This is actually Ashley and I's first episode that we've recorded together to women on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, So it feels really good to have your support and to know that moving forward, while women rule the world, we already knew that, um, that (laughs) we're going to continue (laughs) with that. Um, I think you did a really good job of just talking kind of about like what those action steps are. So we are going to run for public office. We are going to talk about race and inequity in our city um, and we are going to give and share where we can. Um, Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for inviting me to do part, to be part of this program. I again very excited about doing that and just um, uh, in today's environment Just make sure you take care of yourselves, but also make sure that don't forget there are others that need your help.
1: Thank you to Dr. Mitchell, Ashley, and our wonderful listeners. We hear you, we see you, and we say thank you for practicing safe social distancing and of course for your support. Go on over to where you get your podcasts and click the subscribe button to Bridge the City. And if you really like what we're doing, consider supporting us on Patreon at the 414 level. All new patrons from the 414 level to the $10 level will receive a hand delivered t shirt. And for anyone who already is a patron, if you increase your monthly subscription, you'll get one too. And of course, continue letting us know how you are helping Bridge the City.